This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. We all remember the big moments in the movies we see. The big set pieces, the famous dialogue, the twists, the naked times. But film is an entity made up of hundreds of little moments that either make them special or relegate them to obscurity. We are here to talk about those moments. Welcome to Movie Microscope. Kick it, Movie Microscope. Today's episode is Cliffhanger. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Nick Nunziata, and I am your gracious host. Alongside me, the sprayed, completely tanned out, compressed as hell, juicy platforms, completely tasty, whipped cream-loving dreamboat, little china doll. Justin Waddell, what's up, sir? Yeah, happy Mother's Day, Nick. Yeah. Happy Mother's Day. It is Mother's Day. Yeah, why are you wishing me Happy Mother's Day? There's no reason to. What do you mean? I'm not a mother. Well earth shredded mine like it's like what the hell i'm screwed i'm shit i'm just saying you know i feel like i need to be wishing that to everybody okay you know? no my little kid I, I i was just kind of kidding around but when i my little boy was very young he said happy mother's day daddy i thought that was pretty cute you know mm-hmm. completely ignored my wife which it's nice you know i, I like it i like getting credit one of my lizards d- dr- uh, dropped an egg recently so i should have Put something together for it. What? Uh, what's the name of the lizard? Piss piss. We talked about it. Piss piss had a a, a child, huh? <laughs> well, they it's there's no dad, and it's going to be unfertilized until the day's over. You know, it's it's just going to sit there and shrivel away. No ba- no baby coming out of that one, huh? I don't think so. I don't think that's how their science works. Crossing your fingers though, hoping for the best. What would you? What would it be? Piss piss junior? What would the name be? No. I don't know. See, I this one's a female, so I, I gave it a female name. I'll, I'll have to figure out the next one. If it's a boy, it right. might. How many lizards you at? I only have two right now. Wow. Running on Subs- E for lizards. Substantial. I have a su- substantial lizard. You have a big one. I have a bearded dragon that is a hoss. And that name is? Egg Soldier. Egg Soldier. And I, yeah, I'm familiar with that name as well. well yeah, you have a lot heads. of critters running around that house. I know. I keep waiting for Leonardo DiCaprio to show up. Is he a big animal guy, right? He's one of the stars of the Critters franchise. <sighs> I was going more towards his activism. I forgot that he was the star of Critters 3. Is it 3? Mm-hmm. And then he was also on Growing Pains. I'm going to go through his early career. The box DVD set of, of the Critters franchise came out probably 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Stephen Murphy noticed something that was pretty great. On the spines of the DVDs, yeah. Critter, Critter, Leo Critter. So they have a critter on the spine of the first two, and then they throw Leo up there, and then they have another critter on four. Oh, wow. So it, we, it became sort of almost like a, like a Candyman-type chant for us. Critter, critter, Leo, critter. You know, it sounds like the beginning of a wonderful nursery rhyme. Do you think that was the most popular of, of the four critters, or five? I don't know what they're up to no, right critter now. No, critter one is definitely. 
Critter, critter, Leo, critter. His career was on the shitter. But lo and behold, Sam Raimi told. I missed the last. Did you cut out? I missed the last. Sam Raimi told, and I missed it. And he got frisked by Jason Ritter. I don't know. I was. I was gonna hope. I was, I was leaving it for you, baby. <laughs> You're leaving it for me. I. I started to panic. I started to sweat. I got nothing. It's teeing you up. I don't know. I appreciate that. Thanks for the. Thanks for light. But you gotta signal me because I didn't want to step on your poetry. What's uh, what's going on in your neck of the wood? Oh, man, absolutely nothing. I did go see Blackberry last night by my lonesome. And w- uh, w- what would you say? Was it lovely? I did like it, and I think you would like it. I'm dying to see it. I just it's yeah. It's just time time crunch. Mr. Howerton, good in it. He's great in it. Jay Baruchel's good. Like the whole, it's just a, it's a you know it's a movie about it's a Canadian movie about um the rise and fall of the BlackBerry device and the company. Yeah, but it's also shot like very uh, low budget and you know kind of comedically. The guy that created it, wrote it, and directed it, he's a really funny dude named Matt Johnson, and he's in it. Did it, it as well. feature any music from my favorite band, BlackBerry Smoke? It did not. Okay, uh-uh. there was some '90s '90s. Uh, hits and non-hits in it but yeah you know you'll you'll be reminded of of our youth a little bit when you watch this but i'd like to hear your take because i know you're kind of excited about that one and what else are you you mentioned another one you wanted to see that recently came out yeah there's a bunch plenty you saw air yeah and that's free it's free now you can watch it on amazon or something i think so yeah yeah i really enjoyed that i don't remember there's another one i definitely want to see but you know obviously not enough to make the effort yeah i was i was excited about blackberry because i like that guy a lot and i was surprised it was playing in a theater here so that's why i got it i gotta ask i gotta ask Mm -hmm. does somebody call it a crackberry at any point in the of course oh god of course yeah, they, they bring up all that stuff, but they bring it up in a way that is, um, you know, not like wink-wink or anything like that. It's, it's all part of the fabric of the Blackberry tail, Nick. Uh, I'm going to ask for a bit of a spoiler. Did anybody come out of that financially stable? Yes. Okay, good. Because I was afraid that it was one of those things where these guys got hit by, you know, they got hit with the success and weren't able to turn it into life, a long life of happiness. Uh, the, one of the guys, they say at the end of the movie, is secretly one of the richest people in the world. I don't know if that's true, but... Well, um, guess what? Secret's out. <laughs> Secret's maybe out. Said, maybe they said quietly. Yeah, anyway, so that's... What about you, sir? What have you you've been up to? You had a busy weekend, busy week? Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, we got a bit... I got a hot three or four weeks ahead of me for work. Lots of travel, lots of uh, preparation and meetings and stuff like that. So this is right. sort of the, uh, the last uh, breath of fresh air before things get hard. But can't complain, you know. Played a little bit of golf this weekend. Did a lot of music and uh, had a good time. Now it's time for us to kick ass. You know, we took sort of a week off because their schedules kind of got a little barrel chested. This is my fault. I, I went and played poker, so I was gone at the, the beginning of the week. But here's the thing, Nick. Should we issue an apology? Absolutely not. I feel like a week without our guidance on pop culture slash movies is just a wasted week. For you, the United States and the world at large, is that what do you? How do you feel when I say that? I don't. It doesn't register. A wasted week. Do you think people get depressed that we they don't hear our takes and our zooms? No. Yeah, I think you're right. I think their finger paused for a second on their phone and said, "All right, off to the next. Let me go listen to these guys say the word like four thousand times." <laughs> That's me, not you. No, 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 no. I'm saying every podcast I turn on, it seems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I say like all the time, and I like to say it. It's not even close. I'm talking really? about, yeah, like 
See, I just did it. It's crazy times. You know what's funny is the past couple of episodes didn't have a lot of zoots, not a lot of interest, not a lot of response. So What? I think maybe people are starting to put us in their junk drawer. You know? Oh, my God. It can't happen. I mean, it's we okay. can't we'll, let it happen. No, we'll persevere because mm-hmm. we don't, we're don't. we independently wealthy from so many other means. I know? thought we could maybe beg and plead somehow, you know, and just please listen to us. You know, what's what do you think? What's your take if we... No, 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 no. I, I think... Uh, please. Uh, yeah. I like the tight-knit classics that we have that are the, the, the tried and true, the good and true, the faithful few. I like know? to think... Like I think I said this in the past, you know maybe we, we're we're on you know don't have a lot of listeners now. We love our our people that do listen, but you know someday like in the post apocalypse, you know someone's riding around in their scraped together car made out of like a Hardy sign mm-hmm. and some you know wheels. Wheels is good. Tumbleweeds. I don't know what you would do, and then they're they're putting us on. They're listening to us. In, in the in the you know after the apocalypse, here's the problem. What do you think? With, with the death of physical media, rolling down the dusty roads, it becomes you know? difficult unless somebody is smart enough, and I'm talking to you, out there, to rip these to CDs pronto. Rip them, rip them yeah. in, download them, and rip them in before the uh, apocalypse, because physical media will be king once again. I know. Also food. <laughs> also food. I just I hope that somebody's choice. I mean, there's going to be a lot to do. There's so much junk out there, and so many people doing this. So they're going to have their choices, even post devastation, right? So, I just hope that they make the right choice and they listen to us. They're not going to have time to to listen to us because they'll constantly be skinning and eating liberals <laughs> on the show we call the Movie Microscope, ladies and gentlemen. It's the show where we zoom in, get our stomach pumped before the winter. We bartend forever. Put a witch in a power hug. We understand mm-hmm. garment repair. Pull out the butt plug of injustice. We're around like a buzzer bee. Rip a great turn paper to pieces. <laughs> Take dolphin lessons. Get slow in the underground. Put our hooves up. Smoke off. Watch a movie through a set of destroyed, filtered, carcinogen-laden eyes that have seen through all of life's flimsy repairs at the meat beneath and the movie that we've watched way down deep let it scrim through come out through our bursting ass decide what makes or breaks share with the likes of you so if we're talking about naked in new york took up the scene where eric stoltz puts his penis up against a flat iron building to ralph macchio's horror talk about the little moments and there aren't a lot in today's feature but there's plenty of biggins wait a minute Naked New York. Am Naked I in New York. Is it Annabella Sicoria or whatever? Is that is that who's in that? I think it's somebody more boring than her, uh, like a Mary Kate Place or Mary Louise Parker or Meg Ryan Meg Tilly. Annabella Shura is in a different New York movie. It is Shura, right? Isn't it? I always get it wrong. Yeah. Naked. I'm looking it up. Naked New York. I barely remember this. What I remember a terrible it, title. I think it was trying to be really kind of pseudo intellectual or I don't. know. Something to that effect. Martin Scorsese presents. Yeah, Mary you, Louise Parker, Ralph Macchio's in it. You you actually I, nailed the class, the cast. Well, I knew, flavor. I knew, I knew that Macchio and Stoltz were in it. I think I may have seen a snip of this recently. Tony Curtis, close to Flockhart in here. <sighs> David Johansson, Chris Noth up in here, but pre-canceled. Colleen Camp, Griffin Dunn. They got all the. It's a actually, big cast. Actually, I like some of that cast. I love that some of that cast. I know you're a big Chris Noth guy. Who's the one? You said one that it really kind of sparked my heart. Um, it was right before Noth, around there. I said Tony Curtis. Are you talking about? Oh, yeah. Are you talking about Harry Erskine himself? You know it, my man. 
get you Manitou in this. Tony Curtis, he, no, he is long gone. Oh, he is. Th- he has been picked apart by every creature known to the, the Ground Kingdom. He is so out of here. But 2010 left the Earth. But wouldn't it be great if he was still kicking it? No. What do you he mean? Su- he sucked. We loved him in the Manitou. Oh, we loved him in the Manitou. But at, remember at the end what he was like? He was like this puffy, wearing two tight shirts, being kind of opinionated in a bad way, if I'm not mistaken. Bad hair oh, piece. Did he have bad opinions? I don't remember this phase of his career. Well, he said the Manitou was shit, so yeah, he had bad opinions. <laughs> Jamie Lee's dad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was a player, man. May have been miscast in Spartacus. I don't know. It's a Zoom. It's an early Zoom, Nick. So what's your relationship with Rennie Harlan's Cliffhanger? I mean, I got a lot of love for Cliffhanger. I hadn't seen it in a long time. I remember being super excited about it when it hit the theaters, and my nostalgia bell was rung because they just announced a sequel to this guy. Sylvester Stallone back. I don't know if Rennie's back. Rennie's still working, so maybe they'll get him back. Who knows, right? I would not risk your life on that bet. I don't think they're going to trust him with the big budget reboot of Cliffhanger, but I would love if they did, because he did a pretty good job with this. He did better than a pretty good job. He shot the daylights out of this, no pun intended, Mr. Stallone. And, yeah, and him and Stallone worked pretty well together. They, they were kind of itching to work together for a long time, and then they, they uh, formed a, a super bond and made this film. I, I think they were trying to follow it up with a uh, terrorist at a damn movie for a long time. I think time. it was it either happened. or. I think it was an either or kind of situation. Oh, but it was? I thought I they don't... actually had a... Gabe Walker was going to come back and start climbing around dams. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there was that dream, but I, I think... Yeah. yeah. And this was a hit, so... You know, but I don't think they ever worked together again, have they? I don't think so, and it's so funny that it was a hit, and it's just like... It was, in a, it was a summer movie, right? Am I remembering that correctly? I, I can't zoom in that hard. And... Um, I just remember being excited about because it, it is just kind of a meat and potatoes well, action you know why? film. You know why? It had one of the greatest movie trailers of all time. I, I was actually thinking about looking it up, and I never got around to it, but it was such a great... There was this... It was set to classical music. Yeah. And there was a lot of... It was There was obviously no dialogue, and it was just all these moments. And when you see those moments happen in the film, they're bright as hell because you remember them from that trail, like Michael Rooker screaming... And Stallone doing that crazy jump, which obviously, according to the notes, they edited down because it was ridiculous. In the yeah, original. people were laughing about it. Mm-hmm. But uh, in the test screenings, yeah, this was this was a huge this was a huge for me. It was in May, so yeah, sort of a summer, early summer movie. Yeah, and uh, you know what year was it? Two thousand and or ninety three. Yeah, yeah, ninety three. So it was just like such a long time ago. Obviously, thirty years ago. But I just remember being just damn excited for this one, and it, and it delivered. You know, it's a, it's a, it's interesting because it's kind of a throwback. Like you watch it, and it's like the movies don't get made like this really anymore. Maybe they do in a lower budget, but it's just such a like kind of you know super dumb plot, and Stallone is just killing bad guys you know, on a mountain. He kills very few people in this movie. I know, but it's still like it's still pretty violent, and it's pretty violent. His body count. Is one, two, three. I guess Rooker gets one, too. So, like, they kind of yeah. give away some of the death, uh, bad guy deaths to, to the supporting cast. Oh, no, St- Stallone kills four. And then the snow kills one, Rooker kills one. Lithgow right? kills one of his own, at least one of his own people. The plane yeah, kills sure. a couple of them. Yeah. So Stallone obviously kills Lithgow. He kills Leon. He kills my boy, Rex Lynn. And then he kills the girl at the beginning. <laughs> That's the most memorable 
scene to me. That's the, that's the scene that's kind of haunted me. And what I think about when I think about this film is that beginning, um, that beginning sequence, which with is the, ridiculous with and the star, also horrific. With, with the star of Outbreak. Yeah. Michelle Joyner, I think is her name, and she's still working. Yeah, who cares? No, but she, yeah, like Nick said, this, this woman that gets dropped one million feet to her death at the uh, beginning of the film. Can I zoom um, in? Can yeah. I zoom in? 4,000 feet. Close. Because they, they, they say it. She's like, is that 4,000? And Sloan says, yep. You want to see so, it closer? So she's, so there's a chance that she survived. It's only 4,000 feet. So let's talk about how this movie kicks off and then and then why that scene. I feel like it is so kind we, of horrifically directed. Like, it, I mean, not horrifically. It's directed really well and it, it sticks with you. It's it's a hard, mo- hard scene we, to watch. Before we do, let's fart through the. The, the, the cast list. Just to oh, count. let's do it. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I'm skipping ahead, but... I mean, you have... I mean, you've got the best. Yes. You have Janine Turner. Short-haired uh, wonder from Northern Exposure. Janine Turner, Turner, you got... I mean, Leon in here. you got Vito Reginas in this. Max Perlish in this. You absolutely have him. The, you have the aforementioned Rex Lynn. You got Caroline Goodall in this. Who I, I love. Who I love. She reminded me of um, like a singer, like uh, Sam Phillips from Sam Die Phillips. Hard Three. Exactly. That's who I thought she was. Yeah, she, she she was in White Squall, if I'm not mistaken. She also reminds me of uh, what's her face, uh, the cutie, who, the tall girl from uh, the Night Manager and uh, the Guardians yeah, yeah. of the Galaxy. Uh, what is her name? She's a rock star. She's amazing. She's in every. She was just in Guardians and everything. She's tall. You got the amazing. C movie, C action movie star Craig Fairbrass in this. You got um, kind of character actor, like very recognizable character actor Dennis Forrest in this, no longer with us. You have also well known character actor, no longer with us, Paul Winfield in this. Yes, Paul Winfield from what? Wrath of Khan, right? Wasn't he in Wrath of Khan? He's in plenty. Excuse me, I didn't mean to bore you. No, I mean with you Jessica Lang. <sighs> Ralph Waite. Yeah. Yes, Frank in this. He's from some famous TV show back in the day, 80s. Maybe Gunsmoke or something. You've got the legendary, horrifically underused Bruce McGill in this movie. Barely in this movie, but I love seeing him. I also love seeing our boy, Zach Renier. Yeah, man. He's in here. He sh- what did, he, did he show up in Outbreak, too? He showed up in something recently for us. We A young version of him, yeah. yeah. We've, we've seen a good bit of Mr. Grenier. All right, Lithgow. You got John Lithgow. You got Michael Rooker in here. I don't think we mentioned him yet. Is there anyone we're forgetting that's big? Hmm. I don't think so. I got I got to call Umbridge. You you well, we'll get there. You criticize somebody in this movie as the character and you're dead wrong. Okay, so go ahead. Let's talk about this intro scene. You didn't mention Sly yet, man. I thought you were we, joking. I mean, no, we of course we've got Sly. And what I do you, and who did I not, criticize? Well, let's get there. We'll we'll get there because I know that you want to talk about the intro. You should because you, I criticize Lithgow's accent or something. Is no, that you you criticize the agent on the plane. No, I love him. I said he was amazing. You're you misremembering. Said he, you said he was bad at his job. I said he was incredible at his job. Like he totally rocks okay, it. Okay, okay, okay. I, I must yeah. have I must have heard. I you forgot perfectly. about that, so I love seeing that scene because he kills it. He totally shreds the bad guy. It's amazing. No, and he's he great, his, and I love yeah. Vito Reginas anyway. Every time I see him, is, is that is him that, or is that is that that's is it Vito Reginas? Yeah, he's and he, he usually is a baddie in movies. There's like a period in that in the mid '90s where he would show up in a handful of things, and he was always because you look at him. I mean, you look at him. He doesn't look like a, a friendly yeah. person, but he is 
He's the mo- one of the, probably the most heroic person in this movie. He, he's he's like his action star moment. It's awesome. We'll we'll talk about it. But yes, the beginning of the movie, Sylvester Stallone plays a cocky mountaineer, right? Like he is just hard disagree. What do you mean? What about him seems cocky? He just like he you could look. It's not in a bad way. He's just he knows his shit. Like he's good at it. He knows he's good at it. He's climbing rocks. He's doing it well. He's hanging ass over cliff. He's showing he's showing lots of skin and butt. You know he knows it's like he's sexy on that mountain and he knows it. Sexy. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Looking his absolutely most Andrew Sweeney in this movie. <laughs> Look, he he's owning his place in at the beginning of this film. He knows where he should be and he's there. And he has a girlfriend who loves him and he loves her back. Maybe I can't really tell if he does like her that much. Does he like her? Maybe I think he's in love with the mountain and not her so much. He he wouldn't have come back for her. In the he half-heartedly comes back to fetch her after eight months. He did you know. seem to have a very short fuse on when it, how, how hard he was in a fight for her affection. Yeah, she's like, I'm not coming. He's like, all right, I'll see you later. I'm going to get my bags. Um, so what's happening at the beginning is Michael Rooker, who is Stallone's co-worker on this mountain, what do they do on the mountain? Do they just take tourists around? Like, what... I know that they're kind of mountain rescue, but is that they're just kind of they're, they're, park rangers? They are, but they're also there's an ad- adrenaline element to it too. Yeah. I, I think it's their job, and it's also their passion. Yeah, so they, I think if on a Sunday, clocked uh-huh. out, probably on a mountain, moving around. They got walkie talkies. You know, they're just kind of a lot of medical gear. So they're mountain rescue, let's say. And um, Michael Rooker on his day off, who is Stallone's coworker, has taken his girlfriend up to a very high peak. Of this mountain now, and they're trapped. I think the weather's starting to go a little bit bad. They're not going to make it down in time, maybe. I don't know, but they can't get down. And maybe his girlfriend's starting to panic. And when they show you where they are, this actress that we mentioned before, Michelle Joyner, she's like petrified. How the hell did she make it up that far? She is a nightmare height. It's like, (laughs) did she not look down? She just kept climbing up. And to get there seems insane. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't think Rooker was carrying her on his back. But whatever the case... Well, fingers crossed for a prequel. (laughs) Whatever the case, Rooker has uh, taken his girlfriend on a nice last meal (laughs) for her. Last date, I guess. And so Stallone climbs up to them, and there's a helicopter, too, that's kind of... You know, can't can't rescue them, so Stallone is supporting. They're going to do some weird rescue thing that's not going to work. And what what is it? Well, actually, it works perfectly for Rooker. <laughs> it certainly does. It, it's half good. It's so weird because they're up there, and 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 mm-hmm. Janine Turner and Ralph Waite are, are in a helicopter, and Stallone is is Mission Impossible. Stallone's double. Stallone's stuntman is dangling on rocks below the Rooker and yeah. this actress. And they do this thing where they the the uh, helicopter gives them a, a line. And mm-hmm. I thought, well, let's just pull them up. Let's just they pull can't, up. That's the thing. It's too windy, right? Let's, they can't just pull let's them up. Let's pull them up. Let's take a chance. Hook it onto her belt. Let's go. But no, they're <laughs> too like, dangerous hey, here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you this thing, and then we're going to go land across the way over this 4,000-foot drop <laughs> and hope for the best. So hope. instead, of, they're worried about just zooping her into the helicopter on a line. Like, they don't want to just swing her up. They don't want her to survive. And so, they, yeah, they do this thing where they put the helicopter across the cavern and there's a line hooked on these rocks to the helicopter and Rooker just zoops across like he just shimmies across no problem and you know Stallone is kind of there to to you know they can only go one at a time and Stallone is encouraging 
this poor woman and saying, "Look, it's safe, it's scary, but you'll get across. Just just take it one, you know, what one step at a time, so to speak." Hopefully, How's it work for her? She good. How, She's good, how, right? Well, it's not her fault. It's not his fault. It's not Ricker's fault. It's that clasp's fault. Right. She got a faulty clasp. Yeah, because they they tie. You know, Stallone secures her to this uh, tethers her to this uh, this line, and she starts to shimmy. She's got a little stuffed animal tucked on her uh, her little cute coat. That's thing. That's the stuffed animal is the first to fall down when things start to get bad. What happens is her clasp breaks and she becomes loose. And is grabbing and swinging freely. She's just kind of hanging on for dear life, no longer secure. I don't. Rooker's plan is to just let this. Like he's. Yeah, Stallone wants to dive in after her. No, no. Rooker wants to send a safety harness to her. There's yeah, a like safety. He wants to slide it down the wire to her and Stallone and have her hook it on to herself. Right. Right. Now that I feel like Stallone is. Who do you think's right in this circumstance? Obviously, Stallone might not be right. I think the ground is right. <laughs> no, I actually I. I think it's one of those things where you're damned if you're doing damned if you don't. I mean, I understand what Rooker wanted to do, but Stallone, I mean, she's slipping and she's weak. I think he he was a lot closer. I'd have to side with, with Stallone, but I don't think Rooker was wrong either. I think it's one of those things. I, that's why that's one of the cruxes of this movie is Rooker is hugely disappointed in Stallone for dropping his lady to the death, and Stallone is all crestfallen for missing out. But I think they're both sort of right. So they're having fun at first because, you know, the, the woman is sort of flirting with Stallone and Stallone's kind of flirting with her and it's, they're kidding around and Rooker's like pretending to be wounded by it. But they're friends. They're all friends. And this thing starts to happen. And, you know, Rooker, he screams across the chasm. He's like, I just got insurance out on her. Leave her alone. You know, like I just took a policy out. I also um, am, I've got the hots for the someone else. <laughs> but Stallone jumps after her like he goes he goes uh tether free on this line and scrambles towards her because he you know and he's like don't worry i'll get you i'll get you and he he grabs her the problem is she weighs 900 pounds and he's not prepared he does she's very bottom heavy no he it's just he can't get a good grip on her and she's also struggling and saying i don't want to die And she, has, and she also has shitty gloves on, which are a huge mistake. Yeah. And Stallone said to, says to her, you're not going to die. He doesn't, he lies to her. But here, the last he does, to her. There's two things I love about that moment. Well, first, mm-hmm. there's a, there's, let's unpack a little bit here. There's, yeah. You're talking about the flirting. Mm-hmm. She, we, we, we discover that Michael Rooker lied about getting injured in Vietnam in that scene. We get to hear Frank Waite, or whatever his name is. What's his name? Something Waite? Ralph Waite. Ralph Waite. Call Stallone Rock Jock. Which is amazing. He, his name is Frank in the movie, so, yeah. so you have it right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then, and then Stallone's delivery of "Baby, he lies" was was one of my favorite moments. But so this movie does the ultimate telegraphing a character's death stuff, mm-hmm. where she's like, "We're still gonna have dinner tonight, right?" You know, all this stuff that a person who's about to die would say, mm-hmm. and then they do the other thing where he, our hero. Tells somebody they're going to make it, is determined to make sure that he saves her life, that she doesn't die, and he fucks up. Although he doesn't fuck up. She doesn't fu- He does everything he can. Everybody doesn't. Yeah, he tries, and her. he grabs her glove, and he thinks he has her, but he, it's, it's, just, it's just a struggle to, to lift her up, and then her glove comes loose. And then she says, um, I think I'm going to be okay, though. I just, he's like, I, she's like, I, as she's falling, she's like, if I, what if I lay sideways? He's like, land the on the teddy on bear, side. land on the teddy bear. <laughs> I think somebody brought this up recently somewhere on the internet or whatever, but when I saw this movie in the theater, I was yelling at the screen mm-hmm. because 
Ralph Waite's expression was like, why is he smiling? I remember I was asking the, the screen, why is he smiling? Because mm-hmm. he's, I guess he's meant to look stressed or whatever, but he right. looks like he's enjoying the absolute chaos. shit he out of her chaos. death. Yeah, yeah, he loves chaos. Um, the, did, you, did you notice that, that this time through, was he still cracking a little... Oh, yeah, he still looks like a main... Grin. He looks like fucking the Joker working the helicopter shift. Yeah, he's giggling a little bit. Anyway, it's a horror, horrific scene. I, it's a tough scene. I think the actress does a great job here. Stallone does a great job here. You know, it's it's very stressful to watch. And then when she falls, they drink it in. <laughs> they show it about from nine angles that she ain't surviving. Like they don't no show her hit back. the ground, which is a huge mistake. And I, and and Rooker, the expression on Rooker's face is pretty convincing. What do you mean it's a huge mistake? How could they? I want to see. Be, I want to see what happens to. I think she's fine. She's a few broken bones. I think she breaks apart into bazillions. See, I think it'd be great if we discover that she fell onto knives or something. You know, or she they do a, as she's falling. They go a close up on her face as she's falling freely to her doom. Like I don't, you don't need it, but that's nice of them. Give us one last like uh, time with this character, a little bit of time with her. Do you um, think uh, Rooker was upset that she was screaming Stallone's character's name on her way down? Is that what was happening? Yeah. Anyway, so eight months later, Nick, uh, that's how long it took her to fall. <laughs> that's how high up it was. Stallone has been gone since the funeral. I'm not sure he was that. Was it after the funeral? Did he no, at least he, attend? He, he mentions after the funeral, I had to leave. He says that in the movie. Yeah, so he did go. He didn't mm-hmm. say which funeral, though. It might have been the teddy bear. Before they go to that, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken, we're introduced to this group of treasury agents that are moving some money Oh, around. that's true. Is, so is this... Let me see. Does that take place before he comes back? It does, right? Yeah. 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 They kind of intercut, and actually very well. The, the uh-huh. editing in, in this movie is fantastic. Right. But they intercut really well between these Treasury agents getting their act together and Stallone sort of re- reuniting with Jenny Turner and all that. It's really very well done. Great pacing there. And, of course, the other thing about this movie is the music has been used a bunch of times. It's, it's a great score from yeah. Trevor Jones. It's a great score. So, I mean, the, the, the production values on this thing are actually really good, and which is weird considering there's a lot of Italians involved, as you probably saw in the credits. I but, did, yes. But, yeah, so these Treasury agents, there's these, these $1,000 bills that are being transported, which are only used for specific sorts of transactions, and there's a big deal about that they have to use the air because that's the only way that they can guarantee that there's uh, not going to be any hiccups. Oops. Because there's an inside man, Justin. I know. There is. Rex Lynn. Our boy. So, yeah, I think... Uh, that's, I, what, that's what Mr. Shea does at night. <laughs> I told you she's got, like, a one-woman play. I sent you a... It's one too many. Anyway, so, yeah, so what's happening is Gabe has... So it's been eight months. And, unfortunately, Gabe has come back. He's decided to come back after this time. Didn't want to wait a year, I guess, to be away to collect Janine Turner. Um, his girlfriend, you know, she's pretty mad that he's been out of contact in a way and just kind of left her hang, left her dangling on the mountain without him. Yeah. But now he's like, I'm not coming back. I'll come back for you, you know, in a Stallone, a Stallone way. He's very torn up by this event, this incident that happened. He knows Rucker, Rucker, who is his best buddy, hates him now. Everybody thinks he's weak. Everybody thinks he drops people off the mountain every day. Everybody hates him. He's sad sacking. I don't think everybody hates him, but Janine Turner has moved on. She now has a horse. 
and she's pretty upset, but he, she's not going, she, she makes it clear she's not going with Stallone anywhere. She's staying put. Let me zoom in. On, do you remember mm, where he went to work? Denver. There you go. Mm-hmm. Things to do in Denver when you drop a cutie off a mouth. <laughs> as this is happening, as this kind of reconciliation's happening, that's when some events in the sky start to unfold uh, by their little precious workplace. <laughs> What's going on up there, Nick? Very a very convoluted plot involving an air to air transfer of this these 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 suitcases filled with uh, money. You know where, where where there's a crew in the plane that's sort of uh, evil, and there's a crew in another plane that's also evil that are teamed out. But lo and behold, Vito Reginas has been added into this mission. First, theoretically, his first gig on you know gig with the with the treasury to kind of learn the ropes and well he's uh, kind of hitching a ride they say he they need to, he needs to hitch a ride that's his excuse his boss is like can you can my boy hitch a ride he's he's like uh he has a new job within the organization but really he's there because somebody smelled something foul that might happen on this plane yeah and uh yeah so there and there's uh, some pretty interesting air stunts in this scene too but yeah this is a really good scene really cool scene where Vito notices that there's a plane that's sort of trailing them, and it kicks Rex Lynn into overdrive to where he has to, okay, we have to escalate this. He's onto it, and they basically, the pilot takes out the co-pilot. Rex Lynn stands off against Vito Reginas, who makes the tactical error of standing in front of two agents rather than in front of all three so he can keep them in his sights, and, and sadly Bruce McGill is in on the, the fix as well. Or maybe he isn't. I don't maybe. think they are. I think those guys are trying to follow Rex Lynn's lead. They don't understand what, what's... And Rex Lynn is kind of ordering them maybe to... Either if they're in on it, he takes them out anyway. I don't, I, who knows? It just seems like... There's a lot of people that are in on the gig who still get taken out by their teammates. So you just never know. Bruce McGill is made to look guilty from the first frame he's in. Yeah, you're right. But Rex Lynn takes out... So those guys grab v, Vito... But then Rex Lynn shoots both the guys that grab Vito and then shoots Vito. He shoots right. all of them. But he doesn't. there's no kill shot of Vito, as we will soon see. Well, what the funny thing is, the pilot makes... This movie would be a hell of a lot different if the pirate mm-hmm. pilot does not step on his hand on his way out of the plane. Yeah. It would have been a much different movie. It would have but, been, yeah. Meanwhile, Eric Quaylen, played by John Lithgow, and his cronies were all holed up in this small aircraft... And their plan is to, to extend a wire from one plane to the other and then to zip that luggage on down. And, and then, the, then the, the ghost of the woman from the beginning comes and tries to, to climb from... <laughs> Anywhere there's a line over a huge gap, she'll you, show up. Are you, are you serious? They give ghosts to people that are in hell? <laughs> anyway, so Rexlin, smart as a fucking whip, goes ahead and crosses across the uh, wire first... Because he, he thought that John Lithgow might double-cross him. Which yeah, is, if he sends the briefcases first, that he, he's like, why would you wait for me? You know, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to zoom in first. Yeah, and then... He doesn't trust Lithgow. And then the evil pilot, going back, because he's getting ready to move that luggage and come across himself, and he accidentally steps on Vito's hand, which kind of rouses him. And though he is well, they, shot... But first, I'm for sorry. first, no, Rex Lynn sets a bomb on the plane, and he gives. he's like, guys, the plane's going to blow up in a few minutes. The pilot, make sure you, you know, get off in three minutes... Because in four, this thing's going to blow. And then he does step on Vito's fingers, mm-hmm. and it wakes Vito up, and Vito grabs the MAC-10 that's sitting there, and there's a great hero moment. So the, the, the he destroys the, the pilot, 
He shoots the pilot away, and the guy just drops out of the end of the sky. And he also yeah. shoots the living shit out of the plane. That's it's incredible. The other plane. It's the that's the best part. He stands. You know, this plane's back uh, door is open. You know, so that the cone has been ejected by Mister Le- yeah. uh, Rex Lynn. And this guy's just standing there with a gun, and he's just firing on the little plane, the other bad guy plane, and 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 he's shooting the shit out of it. <laughs> And shooting people in it, like the the co-pilot of the other plane gets killed, I think. No, no, he he dies in the crash. Does he die in the crash? The, Somebody yeah, gets shot. Yeah, one of the one of the guys in inside the plane loses his life, but they, he does a wonderful job. And honestly, if it, if that plane did not explode from the bomb, he would probably figure out a way to get to ground. And 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 cause I, I just I trust he has the. This uh, is when the you start to see the bad guys don't care about each other because one of the guys gets shot. They go, oh, he needs he needs a doctor. And then, and I think Lithgow's like, "Well, let's get him there quickly." And he pushes him out of the plane. Of course, and then, and you get to see it too. You, they like showing you people falling in this movie. It makes me very happy. So the problem here is, the plane does indeed blow up, and and the luggage has not uh, reached we, its we destination. Yeah, we do lose him, uh, but he did a wonderful job on his way out, and it'll be a, an unsung victory because his superiors will probably never know his commitment because there's no survivors. But he screws it up bad. He screws up. He, he he messes the plane up enough where he shreds the other plane. It can't. It has to crash. And the briefcases, they 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 uh, don't they go, get to the other plane. Yeah, they go wackadoo. Yeah, they fall to on this mountain where Stallone, it's Stallone's home. Well, know? and the, and the thing is, there's this weird conceit. The thing that keeps Rex Lynn, Rex Lynn alive in this movie is ridiculous. There's this tracking device. That apparently changes combinations every fifteen seconds, which makes me wonder how the hell he knows th- how to stay in there. Right. But, but yeah, so this group of assholes crash land successfully, crash land. Only they only lose the pilot in that in that whole scene. Right. Uh, Goodall is the co-pilot, or maybe the pilot. Either way, she's she's a badass. There's nothing she can't do, as it turns out, except survive a bullet. But they crash the shit out of that plane. Mm-hmm. And that's when we meet our two uh, adrenaline junkies, right? Yeah, Max Perlich and Perlich yep, and the other and guy. I, I don't know who the other guy is, but they're kind of like a Bill and Ted type crew. They're they're snowboarders, or they do this stuff where they're. I think they snowboard with parachutes. Like they they're really like extreme. I think they do skiers. whatever whatever exciting thing is available at the, any given moment. And they're they're pretty likable. Like you kind of like them. They. The beginning, they're excited to see Gabe Walker's back in town. You kind of like them because they're just kind of cute, cute dudes. They are. That are just, I mean, they're, they're, they're loving the snow. They're obviously know. wealthy from their family or something because they certainly don't have a job. They make a big celebration of that fact. The ski bums. Yeah, but they're, they're they are very adorable. Yeah, and then yeah, so Stallone has visited Janine, and, and that didn't go great. She has mm-hmm. to go to work. And you, you, we're talking about how dour Stallone is, right? He's so sad in this. Like, he can't cry, I guess, on screen. I don't but know if he doesn't allow himself or he can't do it. The person but. who lost their loved one, the first time we see Rooker, eight months later, he is having the time of his life with his coworkers. He's being silly as a goose. Yeah, so he over. got over it. He got over her destroy. Yeah, I mean, he's... And uh, Frank is in there, and Frank, in, I guess, his spare time, does artwork on a see-through kind of glass... Or plastic panel, and he is making a artwork of a. Which you can't tell; it's very avant-garde. But it's a. He says it's a banana eating a monkey. It's it's not avant-garde. It's dog shit. It's what a friend of mine would call outsider art. But the thing is, mm-hmm. it's just like the stained glass in the funeral home he'll soon be at. 
Yes, yeah, this is his last piece of artwork he'll ever get to uh, introduce to the world is a banana eating a monkey. And basically what it looks like is a streak of yellow and a couple streaks of brown. He's not necessarily someone that's taken a lot of classes, I think. Yeah, but um, this movie decides to get a little shoot-to-kill-esque mm-hmm. where Lithgow and those boys, after they crash, they're able to get a frequency to where they can call for help. And that's where Ralph Waite and Rooker and Janine Turner are. And they hear this call and they're like, oh, we need to kick everything into action. Yeah. And, and as she's driving by, she sees old Stone. She sees Sly Stallone on the way out. On the way out, she's like, "Look, Sly, you need to get your ass together. This is not about you. We need your help. You're the super climber. Got to help our ass." He's like, "Absolutely not. I guarantee you will not see me waiting for Rooker at the top of the mountain in a short while." Yeah, he definitely turns her down, and she's very disappointed again in him. But he said, "I can't do it. I don't got it in me no more." What does he say? He, I got. I don't have the climb vibes. In me. Is that what he says? Is that a direct quote? And he's, he's like, I have eight-month-old semen coursing through my testicles right now. But he says, yeah, I'm out of here. Watch my dust. But really what he's preparing to do is go into full Stallone heroic mode. <laughs> Actually, you know? it's funny. that it's, it's funny because you believe him. You believe that he is really heading out, going back to Denver. Mm-hmm. And his appearance in that scene is, is a bit ridiculous, but I love it so much. So he has to, so Rooker's climbing up, like, so they get the signal, Rooker's climbing up in contact with Janine or whatever, and he's like, and then and he climbs up and he gets over a ledge, and who's there? Gabe. But Stallone, he beat him up there. Of course he did, because he's he the did. better climber, yep. you know? And then they have a little bit of a, a little bit of a fight. And Rooker holds him over the edge. Yeah, like he's going to drop him. And Stallone says, do it, you know? And honestly, if Rooker had dropped him, Scott free. There's no way anybody knows that Stallone's up there. He he could have gotten away with absolute murder, no problem. Janine yeah, Turner right. says, "Oh, he went back to Denver." Rooker just gives her like a little quick look. All right, you know, maybe. Rooker needs Stallone, man. He can't. I'm glad he's got to count his lucky stars that he didn't drop Stallone off that mountain right there because Stallone comes in handy against these terrorists. And so what happens? They soon make their way to these these dipshit terrorists, and they. They immediately pull guns on them, and they go, "You guys got to help us find these briefcases, right?" So, do they get them all at once? I don't think they do. They get them in parts. They don't get every all three of them ever at once. They have the briefcases. No, the Rooker, Stallone, and Jenny uh, Turner. Yeah, no, they. It's just at the beginning, it's Rooker and Stallone that they that they kidnap. Yeah, and they say, "Hey, we need you guys to find these." And they remember they're they're like, "Where are these briefcases? Do you know where these locations are?" And they show them a little you know, Atari map of the mountain and, and they, they won't say anything and they're like, we're going to kill you. You guys know where this stuff is? And they finally, they're like, yeah, we know where it is. We'll take you there. And then they have a couple shots of them like they're in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> There's definitely, <Yeah. laughs> definitely some Lord of the Rings walking. There's a couple of shots. Peter Jackson stole his fuck. Just so cute, you know. But they got to get, they got to get mm. Janine Turner and Stallone together or else this ain't a movie. They're split right. up. Stallone goes up to get some luggage. Rooker screams that they're going to kill. You know, they, he, he finds out that they're going to kill Stallone when he gets down. So he yells at him. And these idiots start shooting up at the mountain while Stallone's up there with the money and start an avalanche. Yeah, Stallone is already... he tur- Stallone turns into... What's so funny is they got Stallone and Rooker dead rights. They got guns on them. You know, they're, they make Stallone take off his gear. Like, he's in a T-shirt. Like, he's freezing. But Stallone still decides, he, even though Rucker's, Rucker's life's in danger, he's going to be a merry prankster on the mountain and just 
do everything to cause havoc <laughs> and chaos. Like a little gremlin up there. The first thing he does, he climbs up, finds the briefcase, and smashes it open with a rock. Mm-hmm. They get impatient. That's the thing. The bad guys get impatient. They don't even. They just don't like that Stallone is taking too long, and so they decide that they're going to murder him. And they start, like you said, shooting up towards him, and that causes an avalanche. And then Stallone throws the money into the avalanche, which is insane. Yeah. Um, and one of the one of the terrorists is is defeated by that avalanche. He gets swept away by his own. Um, Mistake, mm-hmm. which is shooting at snow. I love that this a mixture of real and and uh, and sets. Like the, the sets are great in this. Like they're so like they feel like they're like 1950s sets sometimes. I love them, and it, and and it was funny during the credits. I didn't, the plasterer, the list of plasterers was extensive for this movie. Just there's so many shots of like them against like what it looks like paper mache rock. Right. You know, it's not bad. It's it's and not. It, it doesn't. It's not look bad. Cheap. I'm not it's, ripping yeah. it. It doesn't look cheap. I love the way it looks, actually. Yeah, and it's a unique it's a unique setting for an action movie, you know, like this. I think it it, it, it at least it was. You know, and the, the bad guys are really just kind of getting. I'm surprised. Like, I, for example, I'm surprised that no one gets stabbed by an ice icicle in this. They do. I do they? Uh, Leon, maybe. I mean, it's a stalactite. Uh, yeah, whatever, right? but yeah, I mean, it's, it looks. Yeah, he gets destroyed. I had remembered somebody got. I guess that's in Die Hard Two or something. Somebody gets an icicle in their eye, and yeah, and then also in the Lovely Bones. Yeah, at the end, but yeah, they... but he already got his he got his rocks off already. Yeah, they got to get Stallone and Janine together, so they finally do. You know, they're scrambling around, and that's when we really find out how awful of an actor Janine Turner is. She is excruciating in these. So scenes. I looked, I looked her up. You know, Janine Turner is sixty now. She was uh, in Northern Exposure. She's a be- beautiful, beautiful actress. Well known for her uh, turn in Northern Exposure, where she was the love interest to uh, Rob what's Morrow. It, what's it? Rob, Rob Morrow. Morrow, and kind of famous for her short hair and what she keeps in this. Um, that's what that's what the lazy burglar says. <laughs> but she but she doesn't she didn't really do much. Like it wasn't like she was around that much after this I, that I can remember. It's because but they have this thing working. called there's this thing called auditions, and then they see how dick of an actress she is. But she's on social media. Um, and I looked her up, and she had made mention of the return of Cliffhanger, and said that she wondered if her character would still be on, you know, the arm of Sly thirty years later. She thinks so, so maybe she's hinting that she'll be back for the sequel. I hope that she is in the sequel, and it mimics the intro scene, except this time it's Janine Turner wearing a shitty glove, mm-hmm. and then her and Stallone are both powerhousing through this mountain. And they are both overselling their anguish as they grunt and sniff their way. Do through you this think that terrain. she's a bad actress, or do you think that they gave her little to no, nothing? No, to no, do no, no. She's a ba- she is a bad actress. Like that is that is okay. not that is not something that it's it's just my opinion. That is something that's sort of out there. But no, she she's bad. Okay, and so she cast, maybe cast for her looks. Is well, no, and say? she was sort of a name at the time too. So I get it. And she's fine in the first third of the movie when you know when it's this but when it's the stuff where shit's on the line she she has a there's a stretch in this movie in the middle part and stallone doesn't do her any favors because he's not great in those scenes either but it's rough it's it's rough it's almost like all these scenes were shot on a day when she had found out her grandfather killed her mother and father but who punches a pile of snow in this i don't remember i didn't write the name of the puncher i think it's one of the bad guys because stallone of course, creates a, 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 a you know, kind of a poor-looking snowman. It's like a triangular-looking snowman. He shoves 
this the tracker into the mouth of this snowman like where where the briefcase would be tracked mm -hmm. he shoves a little the tracking device there so that's what they see and then the bad guy gets mad that stallone has played yet another prank at the, on them i guess yeah does that where I, he writes the note on the bill or is that a different scene? yes i think it's the same scene this is the second briefcase, I believe. So what does he say? What does it say on that? I, I thought I wrote it down. I don't. I don't. I didn't have it. Trade. That's later on. Is when he asked for a trade. Regardless, what happens in the next few? You know, the chunk. The big chunk of the movie is these, these, these encounters. Well, so one thing that they do is they put Stallone's in a T-shirt, which I remember at the time people were mad. He's like, "How could he be in a T-shirt in the mountain?" But yeah, I didn't remember this. They break into a lodge like a museum or something, and they grab an old sweater for him. He looks great. Out of the glass. Yeah, he looks He looks a little bit like an old handsome fisherman or something, you know? Yeah, and then they get a 60-year-old rope they take with them as well. Mm -hmm. I like, I've never thought about the age of a rope until this movie. <laughs> but yeah, and I'll give, it, I'll give Rooker some credit, because he's, he's doing his best to, to protect everybody around him, mm -hmm. and, he, and he's willing to risk his, his uh, health to save others... They encounter those two stoners on the mountain, and Rooker is trying his damnedest to, to keep the, to, to alert them so they aren't destroyed. But sadly, they get one of them. They get two of them, but the one guy forgot Perlick. Uh, so what happens is they, Rooker, the bad guys are just awful. That's the thing in this. You hate the bad guys. The terrorists are so mean, except maybe Caroline. You kind of like her, the woman. She's sort of ruthless. Are you kidding me? She's ruthless too, but you kind of like her because she kind of seems like almost above all this in a weird way. So you kind of like her. But all the terrorists are brutal. And so when they encounter these young kids, they're like, tell Rooker to shut up. We're going to we're gonna go talk to him. And Rooker goes, screams, run, run. And these guys bust their guns out. And they take one of the guys down. And then the other guy jumps. He does a heroic parachute. Well, he's like trying to get his backpack on as quick as yeah. he can so he can fly off into the nature. And but he does. you got to think, though, shot. these guys were probably at their peak excitement yeah. one millisecond before those people shut up, and then instantly in the worst worst moment of their life. Yeah, they get, they it's get a, destroyed. It's, it's a tough change. But, but I, I forgot that he lives. So Frank discovers the hanging, you know, Max Perlich uh, hanging from the tree, and he's he's bleeding and he's shot, but he's not dead. And they never result. They never tell you if he. Well, lived or no, not. it's it's funny because first of all, we get to see a, a close up of a wolf, and the mm -hmm. wolves are trying to nip at him. But yes. Ralph Waite gets him and puts him in his helicopter. Right. And the next time we see Ralph Waite, there is no Perlick in his helicopter. So he is it says, Perlick or Perlish? I think it's Perlick. He says something over the radio about getting him and then getting some supplies or whatever. So I guess he may have dropped him off. I think he got him to safety. But Maybe. Yeah, he, or I mean, they, we're hoping it. We're I think it'd be great if, if Max was on the back of that helicopter through all of its activities for the rest of the film. Mm -hmm. He didn't make it if that's the case. He's done. they got to go through a crack at this point. Stallone has to take a <laughs> shortcut. There's some night vision stuff that happens, too, where the bad guys are firing on Stallone and Janine Turner, but that doesn't matter. They go through this crack to get kind of get ahead of the bad guys, and what do they run into? The in Balrog. This, in this cavern. <laughs> in this cavern. They get some cute bats, some adorable a, bats. And apparently, according to trivia, that, that Stallone and Janine Turner were both Terrible. afraid of the bats. Yeah. Which is so cute to think about Stallone being afraid of bats. Yeah. Now, he seems like such an animal dude, too, you know? I mean, he liked Cuff and Link and Butkus. I can't imagine any other animals he was friendly with. 
Anyway, but, they do a weird thing in this scene. So the bats, the counter bats, first of all, Stallone puts his hand in bat shit, which is, what is it, guano? Yeah. Which is gross. And then the bats, they disturb the bats and they start to fly at them. And they have a featured bat for he's, some he's reason. He's hanging on. Yeah, he's so hanging on. So cute. Janine Turner's backpack or hair or something. He's this little kind of albino bat. He's not an albino. He's just so He's young. white, right? He's, he's so, white. No. no he's, just, he's not white? He's, he's got some... He's got a lot of exposed skin, but he's so sweet. There's, there's, yeah, bats are amazing. You're really zooming in on this bat. I thought it was just white. That's what no, I saw. No. no. So get, if, if that it. was a white bat, that's what this movie would have been called because that's a fucking rarity. No white bat walking around. It's a cutie, though. And we get yeah. to see some real bats. So when I, because I'd read that trivia before I'd watched the movie, mm-hmm. and I was a little upset. I was like, oh, shit, I wanted to see some real bats. We see plenty of real bats. So hang tight. Guys, you're okay. You're going to see some real ones. And then this is the scene where, so Leon is one of the, the really, like, a super mean terrorist. And he's, like, so annoyed that Stallone's alive and wants to kill him. Kind of goes off on his own to find him. And so then this it turns into, like, a super baddie battle between these two. You know, Leon has, like, Stallone at one point dead to rights. He does a um, lot of talking. Yeah. But even, like, he, yeah, he, um... Sloan's kind of climbing up this little cavern with Janine Turner, pops his head through the snow, and Leon is there, I think, taking a piss off the mountainside. He's not. He's just getting lucky. I think he is. He's doing something weird. He's he's up there, and he tells Eric Quaylen that he's going to hang back. Because at this point, they've gone over the bridge with Michael Rooker, and Leon's... Yeah. He, he kind of, they know, like, Lithgow tells him that they're being followed. He knows that Gabe Walker is on their trail. So Leon goes to a good vantage point, mm-hmm. and then it, he turns around just in time to see the, the snow start to bulge. So he's, like, kind of trying to spy the landscape, and then Stallone just pops up right behind him. Yeah, like a little cute hobby hole. Yeah. And they get in a weird little skirmish. Stallone drops down back to where he came from, and then Leon kind of falls suit, comes in there, and that's where they have a fight in this cave. Yeah, um, he, he smashed, like, he tell Lithgow says... All right, you got to come. The the bridge, you know, you got to go. You got to come, and and he he, he doesn't listen he to orders. The order. Yeah, he beats, he smashes Janine Turner in the face. He beats the daylights out of Mister Stallone. He loves it too. He's like loving this. He hates Stallone so much. He hates Gabe Walker, <laughs> and he's really pummeling him. Like he really is like lots of rib shots. There's this one really awkward kick he has mm-hmm. when Stallone's on the ground against this stalagmite, which is Maybe. I think that's the kind that are on the ground. And Janine Turner gets a hold of his gun, and oh, there's no, no, and, and then my fav, my famous line, no bullets, bitch. The way he says it, it's he's got with his bloody mouth just spitting it out. It's such a great line, great then delivery. He, then he threatens. He says he's going to kill Stallone, and he threatens that he, he said, "I'm going to rape, basically, I'm going to rape Janine Turner." He's going to treat her right or take care of her or something like that. And then Stallone finds his Popeye mode. Comes mm-hmm. back to life because he he has gotten the shit kicked out. I of think him. he was rope a doping a little bit, and he grabs Leon over his head and he pushes it back into a stalagmite or whatever those things are. Yeah. He, whatever happens, he spears him on some cave shit, <laughs> and Leon does not survive that. He doesn't like it and he doesn't survive it. I think tights are the ones on the ceiling because they have to hang tight. I think that was the, the thing mm-hmm. they taught I think you in school. It, yeah. Then he and Janine Turner fuck for an hour in that cave. So him and then Janine Turner have to they they have to dangle along the side of the mountain with an old rope. And they have to swing back and forth to get to a the thing before it blows, right, or something. They have to do something. Well, they I can't remember. I watched this five days ago. 
Well, they've got to do something. They've set an explosive at the, over there for them, mm-hmm. and they and they so they have to do this crazy shit to get away from that, and they do, and then they go. They finally make their way up, and then the bridge has also been rigged with an explosive. So those guys are crafty. Well, Stallone gets another shot at saving a woman, right? So he as the the rope is fraying as they're swinging at the last minute, it breaks, and, he, and Janine Turner starts to fall, and he grabs her. Does he pull her up? I think he does. I he can't does. remember. He, 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 doesn't, he, he, he doesn't drop her 4,000 feet, does no, he? No, no. She makes it. And, he, and mm-hmm. he says, you know, that's the difference between you and her, you know? You ate light today. But, uh, yeah, so they get it, and they go after those baddies. And then, you know, Ralph Waite is – they see Ralph Waite in his helicopter mm-hmm. trying to find them. He's doing his best to be a hero. And uh, our lady Caroline just sets a trap for Mr. Waite, and unfortunately he, we lose Ralph. We lose Frank. Yeah, she's lying, very... looking dead with a flare, smoke flare, mm-hmm. with Rooker just out of reach, like watching all this happen, you know, scared. And uh, Frank lands and she she takes him. She she, she, she doesn't kill no, him. No, no, Craig Fairbrass does. But she she holds him at gunpoint and he's baffled. He's like, but I'm here to help you. And, and Fairbrass sees Rooker trying to run to warn Ralph mm-hmm. Waite. And he's like, you know what, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to hate him. He does. Yeah, that guy just—he's got an itchy trigger finger. He just shoots him, and poor Frank doesn't survive. Like he gets shot multiple times in the chest, dies looking at Rooker's face, saying, "This cannot be the last thing I see on this this earthly plane." Please tell me there's something else going to swim into my vision, like a banana eating a monkey or something. <laughs> That's Rooker. I have a Rooker story. I think I've told this before. I went and saw Rooker talk at a Q and A in Atlanta. Uh, we all went, and he was talking about his career. And they took a Q&A. Did I tell, ever tell you the story? Mm-mm. He took questions, and this 11-year-old kid who was, wanted to be an act, actor, I guess, was there with his mom. And he had asked Rooker for some advice <laughs> about being an actor. You know, just like an 11-year-old kid, you would ask anybody. Kid probably doesn't even know who Rooker is. Maybe he knows him. This might have been even pre-Guardians when I saw him. And Rooker delivered the most pretentious answer I have ever heard. He goes, kid, he goes, when you get set, throw the script out. Don't even read it. Don't read the script. Be the script. That kind of shit, you know? (laughs) Total useless advice to like an 11-year-old kid. Just imagine that kid coming on set, throwing away the script. I got this, you know? I'm going to improv. I'm going to feel my way through this with my instincts. But yeah, it was, like, Rooker's amazing on screen. I love him, but he must... His, his, uh, I've had right. two real world encounters with Michael Rooker, and they're both good. Yeah, look, I don't know him, but that was a very funny answer to me. When they were very shooting Slither, answer. I was in Vancouver, and that's when I was friends with James Gunn. Mm-hmm. And I and I met him for drinks. Slither's a great movie, and yeah. he's great. He's great in that movie. Me and mm-hmm. Troy Nixie met Rooker and James Gunn for drinks. After, like, oh well, like you spent time with him. I just yeah. had a Q and A. No, no, but the thing is, pretentious as hell. Rooker was a um, was basically he was he was almost like um, there was a there was a feral nature to him that night. He was like mm-hmm. kind of he was fun, but he was also distracted and, and kind of aggro, like in a cool way. He was he was like a he was fun. And then on the set of Walking Dead, I was there the first year they shot it, and he was there, and he was so cool, so fun. I think I think it was because he was the only na- sort of name. I think he, he wore it pretty proudly back then. He's a sweet hey, man. He's been married since 1979 to the same woman. Look, that's Michael Rooker. He's he's a faithful dude. Come on now. I love Michael Rooker to death. His great performances are many. 
just a just a joy. And 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 even now, I think I don't think he ever had. I mean, he was never a big enough star mm-hmm. to have his own leading kind of thing, other than Henry. But he also isn't one of those guys who kept slumming it in dog shit. He's stuff. genuinely great in the Guardians movies. I mean, he's been great in so many mm. things. Like I, I was, I was taking swings at him because he was super pretentious in this Q and A. But you know, you know, the, he's can, fantastic in movies, and he's really good in this movie. Actually, he's actually he has a yeah. weird part, and he's good in it. Can yeah. I tell you? I, I just that's funny you would mention the Guardians. Like I, I, I put two on. I had two. I was on Disney Plus, and I saw that I had started watching it at one point, and must have fallen mm-hmm. asleep. And I put it on, and it was during the Mary Poppins scene, and that is, his delivery is hilarious. So that's it's the scene. best part of the movie, and he he's so good in that movie. I think he's better than the script is in that movie. Like his, I think James Gunn really had. I remember when he would talk about Guardians two, and talk about how what a connection they had Rocket had with Yondu, which is Rooker's character, and I was like, that's not really. It's not heavily in the movie. Like it, it feels like Gunn's talking about it more than the movie's talking about it. But Rooker's so good in it that it does some of the work that I think maybe. And I, I think the third movie he gets that balance right. Gunn. I think it's a better film. I think the second one is maybe the weakest of. The it three. is. It is. Uh, so the the other thing I love about this movie is Rexland saying "God damn it." Yeah, that's Rex all. Lynn is so agitated the whole time. That's all I remember from back then, because this was the first time I knew who Rex Lynn was. I mean, right. my buddy Brian just fell in love with his fetch, his delivery of the, lo- the word fetch, and I thought he said fetch, goddammit, it, but he doesn't. But do you know how many times he says goddammit it in this movie? It must be a lot. Five, five. So full-throated goddammits in this. So movie. what I think is really interesting is Stallone is the hero of this film, right? But there is a subhero. <laughs> that's a super zoom. Subhero is Rooker, and Rooker gets his hero moment, right? Oh yeah, big time. Now Lithgow is the villain; he's the main villain. But the subhero, the subvillain, is Rex Lynn. So it's like it has a nice little duality there, and you know, and Rex Lynn he he kind of takes a lot of the line. Like Lithgow almost is inert in this movie; he's just kind of threatening. Rex Lynn is the guy that's kind of more brutal and like more violent in a weird way. And when at the end, you know, Lithgow's the kind of the survivor that you certainly hate him, but but this was during that period like where where, where Lithgow played villains and it was great. Raising Kane, Ricochet, yeah. this Lithgow's and, amazing, and he's certainly like he's had an incredible career. He's such a good actor. I feel like in this, I thought he was better. Like I remembered him being better than he is. I think he's a little hammy in this. Which is fine. Well, they wanted, what, Brian Ferry or David Bowie to play that part? They wanted Brian Ferry, and then they wanted uh, someone else. David Bowie is one of them, too. David Bowie's the first pick, and then they had somebody else. Oh, somebody else dropped out. Christopher Walken dropped right, out. Right, right. And mm-hmm. I think, I, I can only imagine, maybe that's why Lithgow chose to have an accent. Yeah, I mean, he's having fun, and I, like he can't be bad. It's just that I think the accent's a little, little much. Well, and I do like the fact that, I mean, these are sort of white-collar criminals that are forced to do... To, you know, this was a bank heist. This was a heist that just went south. Right. So he's more about buying the help and telling the help what to do as he is a man of action. Although it turns out he's smart because he knows he, he learned how to pilot a helicopter, which comes in handy for about 12 minutes. But, but things and, you do. know, Stallone has a love interest. Lithgow has a love interest. For a while. Rooker had a love interest. The, uh, yeah, Rennie, Rennie knows what he's doing, man. He's holding, he's got, he's holding the mirror up here. Rennie is a underappreciated filmmaker by the way i gotta say he is he's a great kind Di- of a great actor Hard 2 is excellent this is very good uh we did deep sea which is fine 
There's one other that he did that was sort of solid. And he's had some weakens too, but yeah, I mean he's had a lot of weak movies, but he he was one of those guys that like is kind of dependable. He can make interesting shit. Like he had Long Kiss Goodnight, which was a good movie. That's the one that's good. Yeah, I mean, Cutthroat Island. That was that was when he started to stumble. Cutthroat Island's that. not an awful movie, but it's not. It was mm-hmm. certainly not a hit. And Mindhunters. I mean, we know. We saw. I took off work to see it with you in the theater, and it was a good choice. It was an amazing choice. The uh, so thing. Yeah. Basically, we get down to the nitty gritty here. People start getting mm-hmm. lost, and the and, and then people win. Yeah, Lithgow like he takes out his girlfriend because she's a pilot and he wants to be the only pilot. Like he doesn't want anybody to escape, be able to escape the mountain without him. There's just lots of betrayals, lots of fights. Rex Lynn gets destroyed <laughs> in a very fun way, and then we get to see him wash away and underneath ice. And that's mm-hmm. when Rooker and Stallone sort of get back to being pals because. They realize Rooker has a great scene with your boy Fairbanks. Fairbrass. Fairbrass. I love it because yeah. Fairbrass calls it soccer and not football. That makes me happy. Yeah, and he says um, Fairbrass is, keeps... Uh, what's he? He's going to kill Rooker. They don't need him anymore. But Lithgow says do it quietly. Do it quietly. And and so he holds a gun and Rooker's like, do it! He goes, oh, I'm not shooting you. And he starts to beat the living daylight. He starts to... And he's, he's, a big, he's a big footballer. So he's 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 narrating his game of soccer as he's kicking Mr. Rooker all around the place. Right. And then Rooker has that great moment. That line. I remember in the theater, it was it was that was probably the biggest cheer in the in the movie. Right. When Rooker's hanging off a cliff, he 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 had stolen a knife from the dead body of of Ralph Waite, and he decides now's the time to use it on Fairbrass, and he gets him and he throws him over that damn damn cliff to his death. And as he's falling off, what does Rooker shout to him? Season's over. Season's over, asshole, because he calls him an asshole. But he's got a punched-up mouth, so he goes, Season's over, asshole! It's yeah, so he's a, good. He, he's at death's door. I mean, Rooker's really beat and up. And they give him some little puffy mouth for the rest of the film, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he really got the, the shit knocked out of him and into him. And then Lithgow skedaddles with the helicopter. And Janine Turner, idiot that she is, says, Let me wave down who is obviously not Frank. And then we see the stunt double for Lithgow in the in the helicopter, and he steals her out. I don't know how he got her to get onto the helicopter necessarily, mm-hmm. but somehow she's on the helicopter handcuffed, and they decide to trade Janine Turner for the money and Stallone. Last briefcase. And yeah. I love what Stallone does with that briefcase. I forgot about that. It's great. He throws it into the blades. Yeah. He's, yeah. Is it a briefcase or is it a bag of money at this point? I, I think it's, it's a irrelevant. Bag of money. Yeah. It's a whatever. But here's the thing is, yes, and Lithgow is so pissed. He's had such a bad day, to be fair. Um, and then He's he had a bad day. He's had a bad day? Oh, yeah. Who sure. hasn't had a bad day today? But, you know, this is the whole, this this final sequence is pretty great. This this kind of fight between Stallone and Lithgow in the, in the, in the helicopter. And, it, you know, Stallone, you know, ties, there's an old, like a ladder that's that's kind of, this weak, kind of. Convenient ladder, yeah. Yeah, being a ladder it. that he hooks the, it goes up the rock face and he hooks the plane to or the the helicopter to it, and yeah, and then the, the best is all he does is hook it to the ladder and it's like the it's like the helicopter just decides to lose power and start to drop. Well, no, it it, it doesn't because it it he's trying to fly away and it doesn't it doesn't give. It can't go. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. go. So but then it. Yeah. So what? Go, go ahead. No, it's just physics. You know, the helicopter. Why can't he just hover in place? He's not. He's, he doesn't know it's hooked, and he's hauling ass, and yeah. he, he wrenches it, and it becomes, 
a sad situation for everybody. But then, yeah, so then the, the, this ladder's strong, and so the helicopter goes down, and it just kind of hangs off the side of the mountain with Lithgow in it. And they have a huge fight on the belly of this helicopter. And they try, and, then, and luckily Stallone has fallen down chasms and been mm-hmm. injured a bunch of times. Otherwise, it would have been a silly thing to try to expect Lithgow to fight Stallone and it work. So the best is, you know, Stallone then, like, punches Lithgow back into the helicopter, and then the helicopter plummets to the ground. What I love about this scene is they show Lithgow in the helicopter, and he he does a panicked look from side to side, like, how am I going to get out of this? Right. And I think it's amazing, actually. And then he... Like, it's kind of what you would do. And then the helicopter lands on J.T. Walsh, who is... <laughs> but I think it's incredible that it's falling bazillion feet and right before it hits the ground he looks like for a way out like yeah. escape pod and he doesn't have one so he has to just decide to get consumed by fire and steel and then there's yeah. a, a cute little banter between Paul Winfield and the agents who there's this little subplot of them trying to find out where everything is and what's going yeah. on and Rooker basically says that it, Lithgow's wearing a helicopter or something <laughs> like that and then the, the best thing ever happens. The movie set, doesn't waste any time. It says, let's get out of here. See you guys. Credits. Boom. They don't show a cut to Janine Turner and Stallone at home drinking hot cocoa in front of a fireplace. I think it'd be great if they get to the bottom of the mountain and, he's, and he says, all right, I'm off, I'm off to Denver. See you guys. I, you, know, you know in your heart of hearts that there's no way this movie doesn't end with an aerial shot of a mountain peak with our heroes on it. There's no way the film doesn't end that way, and thank God it knows its business because it does exactly that. And they even have the common sense to let half the credits roll as the camera's still flying around this mountain. Makes me very happy. Now I took a, a lot of I took a lot of names for these credits, but not a lot. So of, there's not a lot of good ones. But there isn't. What a lovely movie, folks! It's it's aged well, and it's great. To, and Stallone is Stallone's great. I mean, other yeah, than those, there's a few scenes with with uh, Janine Turner where he's he, he's brought down to her shit level, but I love him in this movie. He is a, he is a super Stallone in this movie, super likable. I can't wait for the sequel. This I, if they really make it, that's so exciting because it's Stallone back on the mountaintop. Are you kidding me? Yeah, did you hear like the original sequence before Rennie changed it? Was he was supposed to be saving a bald eagle, and he's and they rewrote it where he's dropping. A woman off the mountain. <laughs> That's why I love Hollywood. They got it right. Fucking eagle. He, yeah, we had to drop that lady. Anyway, so I took a bunch of names, but let's throw me an initial. Well, I got a tribute, a little CB. I got a little tribute to one of our favorites, Kiefer Sutherland here. I don't have that one. Craig Bloor in this. A little Bloor Street. Um, I don't know. But how, yeah, Craig Bloor. I don't know how I missed that. All right, I got a DS. DS? They have a lot of names, too. Let me see here. I don't have... I do have Doug Snively. I don't... That's not the one I have. I do have Doug... Are you serious? I I do have Doug Snively, but I've got another DS. All right. Dwight Shook. Oh, my Dwight Shook. Dwight Shook in this? Yeah, Dwight Shook in this. I got... I don't know if you heard of this guy, DK. A villain in here. I don't have it. I don't have it. A villain in the crew. Doc Kane. (laughs) <laughs> I don't have him, but I do have somebody who I thought, what a cute name, KP in this. Yeah, KP here? Yeah. I don't have K. I don't write down a KP. What a cute name, Kurt Pappenfuss. <laughs> <laughs> what a cute name, the Pappenfuss in this. 
Got a TM if you want. If you want me to, let me t- let me tap in for the. I don't have that TM. one. Tommaso Melee in here. <laughs> He's on the. He was on the show, Nick. I got a guy. Uh, I, a contortionist was in this movie. You get GF. Uh, no, I don't. George Foldy? Oh, man. I think we've had him before. I think we might have had Foldy before. There's another one that we had before I took, I wrote down, too. RL. Did you see RL in here? Not Stein. RL? Uh, no. How did I not get this? No. Always, bra- always pointing downwards, bragging about his stuff. Ron Longo in here. <laughs> Couldn't believe he showed up. You get you get RS? I don't have RS, you don't, no. You don't have Rebecca Spikings? I wish, I wish I did. I'm actually mad that I don't. Pappenfuss is amazing. <laughs> PB? Well, PB and J, but PB and I here? don't have it. What the fuck? Patrick Bunce. Did you see Did you see him? No. Patrick Bunce over here? Is that with a Z or an S at the end? A little C-E. Oh, nice. Bunce. Uh, do you have... This, this guy sounds like he's everybody's buddy. Just his name makes me feel that way. You got H-N? H-N? Yeah. I don't have an H-N. Everybody's pal, Hamp Neal. <laughs> Hamp! Sounds like a guy you're drinking a beer with, right? I got a guy that was very was was helpful to the actors because they, you know, the actors are all experienced on the mountain, and they, you know, and certainly have a lot of climbing uh, know-how, and he he really helped them and got them kind of the basics. A little PM. I don't have him. Patrick McClung. Oh here? God. <laughs> Oh, Pat McClung, living up to his name. Yeah, there's a lot of little cute names. And do you have any more? I have a lot more, but just, did you see John Carpenter in there? No. They had a John Carpenter work on this movie. The other ones I have, I got Enzo Sisti. I, have, I was about to say Enzo Sisti. That's a great name. I got Frank Smathy. I have, I have Bob Beamer. I don't have that. I got Lolly Poor, Suzanne Rust. That's amazing. I got um, Michelle Papa. <laughs> and then the one we've had before, I think, was Dickie Beer. I think we've had him before. Dickie Beer, and I have Claudio Carrer, which <laughs> I thought was a weird last name. But look, there's there's some delights to be had in the credits, so stay through them. Yeah, a lot of Italian uh, names that are crazy. Uh, look, you're a wearing sound, and ain't a helicopter falling down. It's a tattoo gun, man. What you got? Hundred percent, getting that. Uh, Unique artwork from Frank oh my God. tattooed on my shoulder. The monkey eating a banana. I'm sorry. Did I say monkey eating a banana? The banana eating a monkey is what I would do. It's just this. You know, it doesn't look like that, but it's nice. I would get that direct, that direct piece. Yeah. And you know, I wonder who made it. You know, what does that is that a, a, the actor's original artwork? They just gave him this blank canvas and told him to come up with something fun. Bitch had the gall to call himself an artist in that room. Ricker was. Razzing him for his art. Yeah. And then he later razzed him because he had a lot of bullet holes in him. He said, uh, you were shit at art and you were shit at life. Let me grab this knife off your corpse. You pile of shit. <laughs> so, look how calls a load of piece of shit when they're fighting down there. I love it. Um, I've got a puffy heart on my arm and it's got mm-hmm. Rex Lynn's bald head smiling and he's got that cut on his forehead. Got mm-hmm. Rex Lens, and then in that like text that you always see on tattoos, God damn it, around him. Awesome. Did, can I spill a little tea on Rex Lynn? Sure. On his love life, do you know anything about it? I know that at night, Shay hates it. Reba McIntyre's bae. No fucking way. He's with Reba, son. 
Holy shit. I wonder if he gives her yeah. the tremors. Uh, for sure they're together. Um, That's not really spilling this. tea. That's just a fact. There, it is a it is a fact, but I just wanted to hit you with the realness that you now know that those two are together and they're scrumping and just doing all sorts of shit beneath the sheets. You know? And she is she is riding that Better Call Saul money to the crank. You know, She's taking those paychecks and getting out, going out shopping. What are you talking about? He was on Better Call Saul, and she's taking those checks and shopping. Rex Lynn was on Better Call Saul. Absolutely, he was. When? What? Tell me. Can't remember. He was like a major character. He was one. He, he was. He was part of this that lawsuit with the. Oh yeah, yeah. He was the one of the bank guys. He was a, a lawyer, I believe. Oh no, he was yeah one of her clients. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, look, movie's over, credits have rolled, but mm-hmm. lo and behold, there's a stinger at the end, a little extra scene. What you got? Mine's pretty easy. Yeah. I've got an FAA executive, and he's in his office. And he's, he's mystified. It's like two plane crashes. Not an ounce of paperwork has come across my desk about these two down planes. What kind of bullshit is this? God damn it. We need the internet. And he, he makes a, a call to somebody he knows to get that internet cranked up. You're welcome. You're welcome. It's <laughs> pretty great. Mine is just there's a the credits roll and the, there's the celebratory like holding of each other atop the mountain bad guys are gone and the camera slowly pans down to the helicopter on the ground exploded helicopter and you see this burnt but still alive John Lithgow and they zoom in he starts to merge with the helicopter pieces he says I am becoming (laughs) of course (laughs) of course he becomes part of the (laughs) machine just like all the other, <laughs> just like Matthew Fox did, and um, it's a callback to a much earlier episode. Sure, and Matthew Fox did it, and I think I, we just in breakdown when uh, JT Walsh merges with the, the 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 truck that hits him. So this is, I will be keeping this up. Whenever a character gets smashed, I, I will merge them. I will be thrilled the next time you do. <laughs> Look, man, you've been given the financing to have your own sequel to Cliffhanger, Billions of Cross Escrow's Chamber, and now it's time to spend. I think you're in danger if you're going to do another terrorist plot. Preach. In this. Preach. Like, if, you, if, you bring, if you do a sequel and there's more terrorists on the mountain, so how do you get rid What do you do? If you get rid of the terrorists, what could be the threat? And here's what I'm thinking. The mountain itself is the threat, and the mountain becomes sentient and wants to shed the climbers wants to shed Stallone off the mountain, you know, and, and he, it starts to kind of turn its rock into, <laughs> turn its rock into, you know, make it the rock slippery, starts to spit out the little pegs that the rock, the guys are, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It just becomes unclimbable and people are falling off all the time. Stallone has to investigate the rock, the mountain like a bucking Bronco is trying to, what do you think? The bad guy's the mountain. I like it. And Stallone has to whisper at the rocks, what's wrong, baby? You know, like he's trying to get, he's trying to soothe the, you know, this beast. And then Wahlberg's nostrils flare, and he's like, maybe it's a cahoots with the wind. You like that? Yeah. I mean, that's the sequel. I love it. The mountain is sentient. This time the rocks are mad, like, to quote you. I, I hope, think you say that before in some other podcasts. I hope Dwight doesn't get shook off. Look, there's only one person that you could replace Stallone with, another uh, with the same kind of wattage in a sequel. Kobayashi, the, the, pow- <laughs> the power eater. The retired hot dog eating champion? Right. 
this is called Cliff Eaters, and it's basically a, an eating contest because mm-hmm. they've they've eaten everything else. They, they want to up the game, so now they go to this tall rock that they that Stallone dropped this broad off of. And like we're gonna eat the shit out of this mountain, and Kobayashi is leading the the charge, and it's just a bunch of guys eating their way, just eating away at that mountain, chomping into it, <laughs> eating out. It's like Pac Man, you know, just killing on it, and Kobayashi is just. Does he do his trademark thing where he takes them a bit of the rock and dips it in water to soften it before he swallows it? I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, I, I, mm-hmm. I don't want to spoil the ending, but yes. So they do they get the whole mountain? What does what does Stallone do? Is he is he trying to like Stallone's in Denver, not involved? Yeah, but I got to tell you, mm-hmm. Kobayashi is killed in the third act. He comes what? up to a peg and it shoots into his mouth. The mountain has become <laughs> sentient. <laughs> Stop eating on me. Right. Look, man, you've been given the financing to have your own business associated with Cliffing. I hate to spend that hard earned. That's a good question. I like this question. I mean, I this is what I think I would do. I think the names are incredible. I think you could have a line of cars like the Nissan Cliffhanger, right? That sounds like a car to me, right? Correct. Mm -hmm. But you don't just stop. There's a whole line of them. So you get the Nissan Cliffhanger, the Nissan Stallone. How's that sound? Uh, you, you, you got me. The the electric like electronic Rooker Nissan Rooker, yeah. pretty good. And then, like, why not throw a bone? The Nissan Janine Turner. What about the what about the uh, the Aston Harlan? I'm not mad. I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm into it. <laughs> what is there any other good names? I was trying to think. Like yeah, the Dodge Leon. Well, I'm keeping it in the Nissan line, but I guess we could. Well, I was thinking, you could I was be a dodge. Using a neon reference, I'm sorry. No, That's, you should apologize. Oh, are you kidding? You, you, okay, you're sticking with what brand Nissan? Sure, the Nissan Fairbrass. What are you talking about? There you go. Okay. Nice. So what I've done is I've I've encouraged the bats to have sex, and I have taken their um their Not the tr- first time. Not the first time you've done this. No. I've encouraged them to have sex. I've stimulated their genitals and gotten them all rough and tumble. Stolen mm. their, their young. And I have bred and bred. and I, So I've bred offspring from the cliffhanger bats. And, of course, I have. And that's my business. I, I go from town to town with a van filled with the offspring of the cliffhanger bats. And I bat sales. I like It's like an ice cream car, you know, ice cream truck, but it's bats. You hear the cute little sound, a little song playing through the neighborhood. It's like, oh, is it ice cream? No, it's just a guy selling a bunch of cliffhanger fuck bats. And then, but they have a seal of authenticity when you buy them, and you know it's it's pretty cute. You Seals know. are involved as well, huh? Interesting. Look, you're in the movie. You've been mm-hmm. added to the running time of Cliffhanger, where shaped as your performance tape. That's a seal joke, by the way. We took a week off. Look at this kind of gold that I'm bringing. Yeah, incredible. Here's another. Here's another little. This is how this is how hot I am right now. I would play a character named Brib Nixon, <laughs> and you just catch me. Stone walks by me, does a double take. I'm leaning leaning against the base of the mountain. I got my gear. I'm just sitting there leaning. And Sloan's like, going up today? Or no, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm a cliffhanger. I just hang <laughs> around the mountain, man. I just hang at the bottom. I don't even take one step up there. You know, like, get close to it, sort of. I look up every once in a while. I kind of peep the cliff. But I hang out by it. Nice. What do you think? I'm nice. Brib, Brib Nixon. People start calling me a rock groupie. And that's not cool, but I don't get that mad because I'm like kind of zoned out. You know, I got a lot of drugs in my system. Mm-hmm. I'm just just chilling at the base. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I like it. 
You like you like it or love it? I like it. Yeah. Just chilling at the base. It's a base camp, you know? It's a real, mm. real low. Real I got low. all my gear, but I don't do anything with that. I just keep it on my, around my feet. Or once in a while I read a book or something, you know? But I don't go up for sure, 100%. I'm scared. First name's Brib. How about you? What's What character would you play? I'm Gabe Walker's twin, Labe. And we were super competitive as youngsters. Uh-huh. And he was always working out, and I was always working out my mind, you know. I became a gynecologist, actually. And I live, you know, not too far from there, but I kind of keep to myself. I don't mm-hmm. like Gabe. I don't, I'm glad he went to Denver to the point where, uh, I mean, fuck him. Our, our, our relationship hit a peak, basically, at family dinner. Nice. It was kind of... We were arguing over, what, like, some mountain or something. I don't remember what it was, but I got pissed. Mm-hmm. And I did some shit. I did some shit to him. I fucked with his... I fucked him up. He doesn't know. I, I, I did some fucking dirty shit about about him. You see What'd me. You I'm in my, my office. I'm talking to my secretary, and I have an introspective moment. I'm like, I wonder if me messing with that latch ever came to fruition. You want him dead? No, no. Well, I, I do, but unfortunately, somebody else used that latch, you know? Right. Um, no, I know what you're saying. I get it, but I just like did he want Stallone to die, or did he just want? I want. I, did, I didn't want. I, yeah, I'm done being a twin. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Stallone did the same thing to his equipment. He booby trapped his equipment too. I bet. Uh, so I'm dead, dead ringering some John Giant. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what that. <laughs> Difference between him is I'm pulling women out of things securely, pulling little. Females right. out of bodies, all's good. I'm not dropping them out, you know. I'm a hero. He's dropping uh, them four thousand feet. I'm pulling them three inches off of the table, you know. Sure. Can I rewind just real quick? Yeah. Just one second here. His name's Labe. <laughs> Labe Walker. Is that, sh- is that short short for anything? Or nope. Is just just Labe. Anyway, <laughs> look, you got to incorporate something from cliffhanger into your everyday life. Mantra. Like a mantra. Yeah, like yeah. A discipline, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take a, a note from Craig Fairbrass. Mm-hmm. If a UK dude's going to call it soccer, then I don't. I'm not going to feel guilty when somebody wants to correct you to say football. If Craig Fairbrass is good with it, I'm good with it. So fuck, yeah, yeah. fuck correcting people. I will. I will be a dominant force in conversations if somebody starts calling it footy, football, whatever. So Craig Fairbrass has given me the authority. To call it soccer and to, and is he British or is he Australian? He's from another place. Hmm. Yeah, he's. I think he is Australian, but they also call it football down there. Do they? Yeah. And if and I know it's it's the screenwriter's fault. I'm gonna pretend like it's it's basically his his giving us the authority as people to to go by the Americanization of it and not feel bad. Well, maybe the terrorist, in a way, he knew like what he would call it, but he was just translating for Rooker. Yeah, it, it, it definitely seems yeah. like the kind of guy who's going to try to make Rooker more comfortable. Yeah, I think he was just trying to... I know how you pronounce it, so I'm going to go soccer on this. Yeah. He should have said it. Look, we call it football. For, for this... Between, I'm a real, I'm a, between punches, uh, yeah. He's I'll the, do you a solid and call it, yeah. Before I do you a solid, I'm going to do you a solid. I'm going to do a thing where anytime I hear about a mountain crime... You pronounce it Anytime. Wrong. Oh. Huh? I thought you talking about what Stallone does. Never mind. All right. Keep going. Anytime I hear about some violence, some heist, something that takes place on a mountain, I'm going to say, can you describe the scene of the climb? I'm going to say that instead of the scene of the crime. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to get that pun, pun in as much as possible. Um, scene of the climb. 
and then kind of wait like did they hear me it's pretty good right yes eyebrows up yeah. do they hear me yeah slip it in i won't make a big deal about it but i will pause for laughter yeah it probably won't happen too often i is there a lot of mountain crime I mean, absolutely tell me about some just think about think about how many mountains are in the kind of people that are in those mountains i know i know people get hurt a lot but is there a lot of crime oh, that's yeah. taking place in the mountains? Well, there's Just meth labs about. everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah pl- mountains, top five location for crime. You heard it here. For crime. Look, you've been trapped in this island all these many years, gathering debris from films, and now it's time to take something from Cliffhanger. What you bring in? I already know what I'm taking, because I would actually take this 100%. Is Stallone wears a green ball cap at the beginning of this movie. For a while, remember. he does. He is looking... Amazing in it, by the way. It's a big hat. It's a, it's, it looks like a James B. Sicking in Blue Thunder hat size. You, you don't, yeah, you don't see a lot of Stallone in ball caps. I think he maybe best no, may, wore a ball cap a lot in uh, the arm wrestling. Movie. Yeah, over the top for sure, forward and back. But I zoomed in on this hat. It's for it's a green ball cap that says Gaffin Island, and I'm actually taking that to my island. But I'm also and maybe calling my island Gaffin Island after it. Who knows? Just give me a second. But I'm going to go looking for this hat. I want the hat from this movie. Have you There's looked ga- for it? I haven't. You haven't looked, have you looked up Gaffin Island, if it's real? Is that Or is that where James, Edward James almost lives? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> is he sure it's not Baffin? I don't, I'm not sure, but I think it's Gaffin. Because ba- Baffin Island is a mountainous island in uh, Canada. That might be it, then. But I think it was a Gaffin. But Baffin would be good, too. Um, I know that it was some rescue hat, too. There was some element of a rescue. I was trying to zoom in on the text, for sure. But I'm going to zoom in my damnedest. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to find that hat. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here it is. It is. It is Baffin Island. And it says, 1986, Ineshuk Expedition. Wait, you see his hat? Yeah. It's huge. Is it at Planet and Hollywood? He, it's this cliffhanger, Sylvester Stallone, Gabe Walker, costume ensemble with DVD. There's a picture of him and sunglasses and the hat. Nice. For, what I'm going to do is take that G, mm-hmm. or that B, cross it out on my island, put a G for Gabe. Gabe Walker, but Gaffin Island. It's a lot of work. It's not enough work. Yeah. What about you? What would you take? I'm going to take the Adrenaline Junkies mood swing with me. Oh, man. I want to live right at that. I want to I wanna live my life right at that moment between perfect and the word. Like, right... Right, on right the before ha- I get shot. On the right hair's edge. Like they're, they're so excited, and then they're scared. Like, the perfect... Yeah. I want to live in that moment. I think it'll make... It, uh, I think it'll be sexy as shit walking around that island in that mode, you know? I want to be rigid, yet flaccid as a person mm-hmm. at the same time. Sure. Kind of, like, so high. So, so, so jittered up. And then also terrified. Let me ask you this. Those guys were super extreme. Do you think that they like to be chased and shot at? Do you think that there was a moment when they're, this is even more extreme than we were expecting? This is actually even uh, even more incredible. And now I have no lungs. And then the one guy's like parachuting and they're shooting at him. He's like, extreme, bro. Yeah, he's like so excited. He's like bleeding out. Yeah. Yes! <laughs> and then his parachute takes a wet shit on him and it's like spiraling down all sad-like. Yeah, he gets caught up in the fingers of the tree branches or whatever you got it right? yeah, yeah but i want that mood swing because you think about it even let's he blacks out when he when he falls so and then he wakes mm-hmm. up and there's a wolf licking at his heels oh yeah he gets to get into that moment right away you know he's back at that he wakes up he's like i'm alive oh there's a wolf you know it's it's perfect it's a perfect 
juxtaposition of the best and the worst, and I'm riding that freaking crest like a like a badass donkey on my island, hotter than like, hell. You know? He's in the back of the ambulance, and he's like, hell yeah. Like, he's still, like, on that high, you know. Yeah, the ambulance is going 38 miles an hour. He's like, Whew, feel the rush, you know. He's like, And then he's he's like, where's my friend? Oh, he's rotting on the hill. Yeah. That poor wolf. It didn't even get the snack on the blood that long. It had it had a little lick on a on a, a little bit of that blood before it got driven off by Frank. Oh, did you hear about this? This isn't that trivia. It's incredible. We'll just talk about it for a second. There's a moment when the Stallone had put a tracker on a rabbit. Yeah. And uh, the rabbit comes into view, and the terrorists are super pissed, and they shoot at the rabbit. Excellent. Sked- yeah. It skedaddles away, but in the original cut, they kill the rabbit. Right. And the audience said, no, 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 no. They did not like it, so they had to reshoot it. And who paid for it? It's the loan, right? hundred grand. But do you think the guy, that, the skier that got shot, got blown, his lungs blown out? Do you think <laughs> the audience didn't even bat an eye when he died? <laughs> did they have to reshoot his shit? Nope. But they, they, I guess the rabbit was too cute. They should have got like an ugly rabbit or something, like a, like a, I don't know, disaffected rabbit. Maybe people would accept that. Speaking of rabbits, Janine Turner for eight months, right? You think she'll be back? Hope not. What's her character's name in this? Do you remember? I think it's Moss Isley. What is it? It's like Bastard Pumpkin? Jesse. Yeah, same thing. I think she'll be Jesse Walker. Mm-mm. She might be in a Walker. Or if it's alone at the beginning, he'll be putting a... He'll be sliding a folding chair on the cliffside because she died. You know, and he like... <laughs> <laughs> Talking about, yeah. It's like a Rocky, you know. Here's what I have one request for Cliffhanger 2. One yeah. simple request. They I hope it takes place in the same spot, the same place. Sure. And I hope that they have taken that banana eating a monkey painting and have it on the wall somewhere just as an Easter egg for everybody. I think that's a success. the movie's a success if they do that, you know. They got to have a scene where Rooker turns to like a the new crew that they're talking about. Is Gabe Walker real? And he's like it's all true. Just like Harrison Ford. Yeah. <laughs> Force Awakens. And then... And the way he dropped my girlfriend off the mountain. Yeah. Four million feet to her death. It's all true. It's all, all of it. Yeah. And then and then they go... They finally meet Gay Walker. And he's being real, real creepy secretive. Yeah. And he's he's got the skeleton of Rooker's ex. And he's practicing not dropping it. <laughs> What part did he fashion? Because there's, he, I, like I said, obliterated. Oh, like. that's right. She made it. Yeah, I mean, he probably, like, t right He did, like, a paleontology test, put it back together, you know. You get wrecked when you get dropped, man. I, that's a rough thing, those guys, the free solo guys, they fall off the, the rocks all the time, and they just get, what do they just get? What are you talking about? They just get wrecked. They fall a bazillion feet. I mean, it just. How often does it happen? I've never seen it. The free solo guys, they fall all the time. They they slip and they just fall. They're gone. Are you still talking it's about over. solo saying it's all true? What I don't understand what's going on. The free solo guys, the guys that like the, you know you saw the free solo movie. I did right? not. Why would I watch a so movie there's about a lot of, men there's on a, mountains? Why would I do there's it? There's a lot of guys climb. They climb without any gear, right? And that's a big thing. Like you don't you climb without. So Carrie Lowell does now. And uh, they fall off. And that's just a long fall. Well, duh, yeah, they, they get they get dashed in the rocks as they deserve for doing stupid shit. They get more than dashed; they just get like they explode into a bazillion pieces. I think it's a rough one. Uh, it's it is rough for a minute, but it's great for society to get rid of one of those guys. Really? Yeah, don't need those fucking like those fucking fleas fucking bouncing around. Fuck them. 
I don't know, man. There's something about it. It's appealing. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it either. Absolutely not. I, but at the same time... I hurt myself getting to the mountain. That's what happened to me. I get out of the van, get my gear on, I trip on the way there. You know, like that's... You cannot... I cannot be trusted to even climb up, you know, 10 feet without any safety shit. I just... I would hurt myself. You, you, I, you, they lost... The art form, the, the exercise lost me at the Peter Pan shoes. Once the Peter Pan shoes got thrown into it, I'm out. I'm not going to be risking my life wearing Peter Pan's fucking footies. I don't want it. Where?